This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text today is both the gospel lesson and the epistle lesson, especially these words from St. Paul. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Thus far, our text. Dear friends in Christ, in our gospel lesson for today, Jesus tells us two parables which we have heard before, teaching in both of them that our Lord Jesus Christ will search out sinners for rescue no matter how insignificant or evil they might feel that they are. As a shepherd searches for one lost sheep, though he have ninety-nine, and as a woman searches for one lost penny, even though she has nine others, so too will Jesus Christ our Lord Search out every last sinner for rescue and rejoice when they have finally been saved. This idea matches up well with the life of St. Paul as he himself describes it in our epistle lesson for today. St. Paul began his life as a Pharisee tent maker, and he was the son of a Pharisee tent maker. His schooling was underneath one of the most influential Jewish teachers of the last two millennium, Gamaliel. Paul was a strict Pharisee, and having completed his instruction, he began his full-time job of persecuting and arresting Christians in the years immediately after the death of Jesus. St. Paul is pictured standing by, watching the cloaks of those who stoned the first Christian martyr, St. Stephen, to death. And, what's more, he was on his way with warrants to arrest more Christians, to persecute more Christians, perhaps even to kill more Christians. He was on his way to Damascus to do just that, when Jesus appeared and spoke to him, sending him to visit the pastor in Damascus, perhaps even one of those people Paul had been sent to arrest. That pastor preached the gospel to St. Paul. Paul heard the word and believed, converting to Christianity. Paul was thereafter baptized. You see the transition. St. Paul had gone, as he writes in our epistle lesson, from a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent of Christianity to become one of its chief promoters, a chief teacher of the faith, upon whose writings we now also continue in that work within the Holy Christian Church. 
St. Paul had been that lost sheep. But Jesus had found him, brought him to repentance, and returned him to the faith. St. Paul had been the lost coin, and the church returned him to its fold. And at his conversion to the true faith, at his repentance for his sin, at his baptism, the angels in heaven rejoiced at the mercy that God had shown, earned through the person and work of Jesus Christ. St. Paul had been lost, but now was found. And now St. Paul wants you to know, dear Christian, that that same grace that led him from sin and from death is yours as well. You too may be found by Jesus. We need to be found because we sin. I know we talk about it all the time here in church. We sin. We talk about how all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. How some of us here are adulterers. And we all are. We talk about how some of us here have stolen, as we all have. We talk about how some of us swear and lie and gossip sticking our noses where they have no business to be. Some of us, all of us, have done terrible things that we wouldn't want anyone to know about, things about which we're even afraid to confess to our pastor. We've denied the faith. We've mistreated our neighbor. Like St. Paul, We've, herded our, we've hated our neighbor to the point of even desiring them to have their life taken from them. We sin. And in that sense, I suppose we all are hypocrites, aren't we? Because we've done the very things that we teach to others they should not do. There's really no sense in denying it or thinking That because we are Christians, we are holier than those people who are not in the faith. Because we are not, at least not in ourselves. We sin. And if we have sinned and are left to our own devices, we are lost. And so... God calls us to repent. God calls us to speak the truth, to acknowledge that our sin is real, and to acknowledge that it is wrong. And the only solution to that sin is Jesus. That's repentance. That's what God's word calls us to. And in that repentance, God displays his love. Paul says it this way, So amazing is the surpassing grace and mercy of God 
that he has shown in Christ Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus that has sought us out to rescue us from all that we have done wrong. It is Jesus who has lavished his grace upon us as sinners. It is Jesus who bore our sins to the cross, who bled for them, who died for them, who earned mercy for even the worst of sinners. The blood of Jesus was poured out even for the most egregious sins. Even your deepest, darkest wrong, God has died for. In that, you have God's mercy. He has sought you out. He has rescued you. He has taken your sin as far from you as the east is from the west. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. St. Paul says it this way, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost sinner... Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. You too have been the chief of sinners, and you too have the mercy of Christ shining through you. Your sin is paid for. If you have committed adultery, Jesus died for it. If you have gossiped, God has forgiven it in the death of Christ. If you've stolen, lied, despised God's word, or something worse than any of these, you have mercy from God. If you are a drunk, a homosexual, a murderer, or any other sort of sinner, God has sought you out and won your forgiveness through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, no matter how invaluable the world told you that you were, no matter how invaluable you told yourself that you were. And upon your salvation, by what Christ has done for you, the angels of heaven have rejoiced. Now note in our gospel lesson that the sheep did not find its own way back to the flock. The shepherd went out to find the lost lamb. The coin did not jump its way back into the purse of the woman. She had to sweep and clean the entire house to find it. In the same way, you have not worked your way into Christ's care. He came down. He sought you out while you were still in your sins. He paid the price required for your salvation, even at the expense of his own precious blood, innocent suffering, and death. He saved us, not because of righteous things done by us, but by himself dying for our sin. That is our hope. At the same time, another truth 
is present. To be clear, God does not make our sin okay. Not at all. Any sin, large or small, required the blood of Christ to cover it. So don't think that because you have received forgiveness, it makes it okay for you to live your life in sin. That's not true. It never will be true. You have no right to go out and be lost again. It is not good for you to wander away from God's flock. But know this. Your sin has been forgiven, and God does desire your salvation. St. Paul says in Romans 6, If Christ has died for your sin, how can you live in it any longer? We can't. We've been found by Jesus, and we are now ever with him. We belong to him in our baptism, in which he has declared us to be his possession, never to be lost again. He has marked us as that possession with the sign of the cross, both upon our forehead and upon our hearts, as we witness in the waters of baptism. We belong to Jesus. We always shall. He seeks out the worst of sinners. He calls them to repent of themselves, and he saves them by his blood. And then we live as his possession. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.